Hello everyone and welcome into today's Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin, and I am delighted to be joined by a returning guest, a man I have wanted to get back on for a little while. It's been a while, I think nigh on two years since we had him on from ESPN sports analytics writer, Seth Walder. Seth, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. So, Seth, I was thinking, like, I suppose... um, there, it felt like you did a kind of, um, you know, obviously look analytics and, and diving into stuff. Um, I, I'm a, a big admirer of your work. I thought you did a, a great piece back in January in the lead up to the, the kind of playoffs this year, kind of a cheat sheet looking at four downs, looking at two point conversions, which essentially was kind of teams needed to be way more aggressive. And it felt like we were kind of getting there, right? It felt like um, most people... I know Mina had that video this week about talking to your family about analytics at, at Thanksgiving, but it felt like thanks to the work you were doing, Mina, Aaron Schatz and others, we were getting kind of there with people understanding it a bit more, being less angry in general and less angry. I'm not going to say, you know, there was still their voice, but then all of a sudden 2023 happened and the Broncos make no sense. Bills don't make a whole lot of sense. Steelers don't make a whole lot of sense, but can we start at maybe where you cut your teeth in New York with the the Giants and the the Jets? Ha, have you seen a, a wilder kind of season for for these two franchises? And they've had some pretty wild times, but they, it's been headline news almost every week. It's been pretty incredible, obviously for very different reasons. I think for the Jets, it's more. Jets really stands out to me more because it's such a it's a series really of poor decision making at the most important position or maybe the second most important position whatever you know backup quarterback I mean the reality is is that they got super unlucky with Aaron Rodgers getting hurt four plays into the season and and that's devastating and but Thinking if they thought, which it certainly seems like they do, that there is a possibility that Aaron Rodgers can come back this season, then at that point you have you have to be maximizing your chances to make the playoffs, right? Or maximizing your chances to have as many wins as possible until he gets there. And to me, it was obvious that Zach Wilson is not the man to do that. But uh, from you know, I don't know, I, like immediately. Uh, we have two full years of Wilson not being capable of playing in the NFL and uh, or not being a starting quarterback. Um, and I don't think we needed that much more time. Okay, so they gave him a little more time. We didn't really see that. Yeah, there was like that second half against the Chiefs. Uh, but by and large, he he couldn't cut it. And they were really fortunate to be 4-4 and four at one point, and that's where it's like, okay, you you made a bad decision by sticking with Wilson. You have gotten away with it to this point. You have to be you have to be smart enough to realize that you have to upgrade at that point at the trading deadline. They don't do that at that point. You have two and a half seasons of Zach Wilson not being capable. He's been very consistent. Like he's between twenty eight and thirty first in the league in QBR and all of those all of those years. And there are just play like. To me, it's take a shot on somebody, right? I think Josh Dobbs is the obvious one. I think you could talk about Jacoby Brissett. You could talk about Matt Ryan. You could talk about Cole McCoy. Or, I mean, like, there's there are Carson Lentz. Uh, like, there are name, there are people out there that I think give you a better chance to win 
than Zach Wilson, and you're just trying to get there. And so it's been, to me, really remarkable. This is a football team that if Gardner Minshew were on their roster, they'd probably make the playoffs last year and this year, right? Like, that's that's where they are. So uh, I know I'm going on for a bit, but I'm pretty fascinated to in in this entire situation into why they didn't move on from Wilson. When they did, they went to Tim Boyle, who wasn't even successful at UConn. So that to me is a team that this has been a really, yeah, a series of poor decisions. And um, you joined um, Kevin, uh, Kevin Clark a few weeks ago uh, on his show. And I know that he put out a, a tweet yesterday where he was looking for some of the, the biggest mistakes since January 1st. And you put out a, a pretty solid list. Uh, he, he gave you some uh, slagging for uh, the extensiveness of the, the list. But one of the things you pointed out um, was in relation to the Giants and the fact that, you know, it was most most avoidable, the Daniel Jones extension. And That's right. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and, and I, just, I just, I suppose, interested in, like, why do you think teams and, and like, the Giants talk themselves into, is it just, is it safety? Is it, is it the, the comfort of what they know? Because it felt like, from any objective standpoint, looking at it, it kind of went, you got the most you were ever going to get out of Daniel Jones last year. That was the, the best you could reasonably expect him to be. And that wasn't great. And yet you bought back in. To me, it's like it's like a weird sort of like loss. Like you know, we know humans are like loss averse, right? And it's like a weird sort of loss aversion. So, firstly, I just want to say the reason why I found that decision to be so egregious was because you had this very fine alternative, right? Which was the franchise tag. Uh, Jones played well last year; like he legitimately well. They didn't they legitimately played well. They didn't ask him to do a ton, but like he did well. Like he did well enough, certainly. And I would be, if I were running the Giants at that time last year, I would want another year of Daniel Jones. Um, he had only played well one year in his career, like to your point. So uh, I wouldn't be like amped about guaranteeing him more, but like you, they had this lever to pull, which was the franchise tag. It was available to them. And I think they really botched it in part because they wanted Saquon Barkley, which is also absurd, right? Like the guaranteed... 40 more million dollars to Daniel Jones so they could put the tag on Barkley. Like if that really, really, really was your concern, if you needed to have their injury prone running back, uh, then like, just, I don't know, just give him five more million dollars, I guess. Like, you know, and, and I like you would have been able to resign him, but so anyway, they go through all of that. And I think it's like this weird loss aversion thing where it's like, Oh, if we tag him now, and he plays well, then we're going to have to pay him even more next year. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, that seems like, firstly, a really good problem to have. And second, that's a really big if. So, like, don't, I just wouldn't be that worried about it as opposed to just locking yourself in to this additional $48 million and just knowing how things can go. I didn't think the Giants were going to be this bad. I thought they were. I thought they were going to be worse. I mean, I'm, I remember when win totals came out, like at this off season, like I think I made three win totals, like the set bets I saw the second that came out and one of them was Giants under. So I was like, I thought the Giants were not going to be that great, but like, I mean, you know, I thought six or six, six wins, maybe seven wins, something like that. But 
they have put themselves, they've trapped themselves in a corner. And then it's gone worse. So even if they had gotten one of these top quarterbacks, they still would be end up paying Jones, and that's bad. And now they've gone and, and won these two games. Um, and I can't like fault the coaching staff or the players for playing hard, but like uh, it's possible that if they just lost those two games, like the direction of the Giants franchise for the next decade would have better proof. Yeah, um, it, it will be interesting, I suppose, to see how it plays out over the the next few weeks. Um, it, I, I suppose just thinking about like you know, in terms of locking the teams making the decision early or to lock themselves in, and I suppose there was more evidence of it. But the Bills made the decision um, to give Sean McDermott um, and the the GM extensions. Um, this year, like we've seen the Bills, um, you know, and I know you were tweeting about it, like over recent weeks and you you weren't alone talking about you know that the Bills are, are a good team I know Benjamin Salak was, was talking about this everyone was talking about the Bills should be a good team and the Bills will, will be fine um, but ESPN just put out uh, in, in terms of the, the playoff picture and the, the chances of making the, the playoffs just prior to us recording this and the Bills are 21% to to make the, the playoffs where is it purely the the injuries do you, you think set that or or what do you think it has gone wrong in buffalo there's two like two major things which would be the injuries on the defensive side of the ball which have severely cost them like if you just look at the numbers prior to losing those big players uh talking about like white mulatto and Daquan Jones, then they, they were really good defense, and then they lost those players, and they were suddenly a very bad defense. Um, I think that played a role. And then they've had they've had a lot of turnovers. And, you know, turnovers are pretty variant. I'm skeptical. You know, I don't think you should put that much weight into them, especially when we look at, like, the overall picture of this offense. I'm talking about um, turnovers on offense has been, has still been really good. Uh, to me... I don't have a problem with locking up like McDermott on that contract. I mean, they were, this was like a really good team and organization. And I still think they're a good team. I think they've gotten unlucky. Um, like I'll criticize them like crazy for the timeout decisions at the end of the game last night, but that's a really small part of, of coaching. And I think ultimately uh, over the wall haul of his tenure in Buffalo, he's been a good coach. I think there's definitely some, you know, you can be critical for sure of their defense this year. But you mentioned the 21%, right? Like uh, the Bills' chance to make the playoffs. And, the, you know, the thing is, though, I I absolutely believe this. They, I think they are a legitimate Super Bowl championship contender if they can get to the playoffs. Uh, and, I mean, they went toe-to-toe with the Eagles yesterday. I mean, you know, it, they went overtime in Philly. I, I, I think there is... Plenty of evidence to suggest that this team is is a Super Bowl contender if they can get to the playoffs. The problem is, it's just such a it's just such a big if at at this point. But I think they're really, I do think they're good. I honestly, not even joking here. I think Josh Allen is is a is an MVP candidate uh, right now, and I know that's that's really contrarian, but I think he has the opportunity to be the person who deserves MVP at the end of the year. I wouldn't put him there right now, but I think he has the opportunity to be there. 
Yeah, no, I, I think Josh Allen is playing really well. And look, I, I'm not arguing. I, I suppose the, look, the Sean McDermott, the thing that I'm saying in hindsight a little bit, and I, I've, I've been burned by the Irish national soccer team tending to give out contracts to managers before a tournament and then it all goes horribly wrong. But I suppose the piece that I find interesting is I think Josh Allen's an incredible QB. I think he's playing really well. But how can Sean McDermott be on the other side of 13 seconds, be on the other side of Mac Jones driving down the, the field against you, have the opportunity yesterday? I mean, yes, gave away a timeout, but ultimately has a timeout. You've got Josh Allen, who's a cannon. Like, can, I, I, can, I, can make it, I can buy into absolutely about Josh Allen as the MVP, but can you really see them as a Super Bowl contender when they have a coach who is that innately conservative set? Yes, I think so. I mean, it's like that's just a piece of the puzzle here. And I uh, like I'm with you. I'm super critical of some of those elements. But I think that he's OK, innately conservative in that way. But like at the same time, he's to, you know, there's been other things. I mean, this has been a team that when they haven't been able to run the ball, I'm talking in past seasons, has been willing to just pass. Like I think they had an entire half of the game where they didn't have a single running back handoff. I mean, like you takes a head coach with a certain kind of mentality that's willing to, to do that. And I still look at their like big pit. Oh, listen, I, I like it. It's like, you know, no, if you think argue with me, but I, and I think like firing and Dorsey was weird, right? Like this was an offense that was humming, honestly, like in, in over the course of the entire season, which isn't that long. Um, but like, I, I guess I just have to look at like if I'm evaluating a head coach, I'm trying to look at like the larger sample of their tenure as opposed to what's happened in this sh- short time. I like I see the arguments against, but I think it makes sense to have locked them up. I think that's fine. Um, and the well, the Dorsey firing comes after the the loss to the Broncos, the twelve man on, on the field, the Broncos who shipped 70 points I mean I I keep talking about that's like a Madden score I mean I had never seen anything it's like you grow up on this side of the Atlantic set and you hear these stories about kind of Dixie Dean who was this player for Everton used to score like 60 goals a season you never thought that was possible all of a sudden Ronaldo and Messi arrived on the scene I didn't think 70 points in the NFL was possible all of a sudden the Miami Dolphins uh, do it to, to the Broncos what what do you think about the the I suppose Sean Payton led Broncos who at one and five look absolutely down and out and all of a sudden are have the longest active win streak in in the league and you talked about like I suppose turnovers and and how you you know they you can't put a, too too much stock in them because they can be so streaky and that seems to be what the Broncos are are leaning into certainly at the moment do you think it is. Look is playing a lot of it on, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Mm, good question. I'm trying to think of. I don't have a turnover rate in front of me on there, but it certainly has been remarkable. I'll just say this: like it's remarkable. How wild is this? Okay, like if we look at the whole season, the Broncos are 29 in EPA per play on defense. Let's pick a random week, but if we go like week six on, let's say mm, they're eighth. And I do think, I will say, like, the one part also that jumps out to me about this is that normally when we see these huge changes in defensive performance, it comes against 
because like you played worse teams. But like Denver in this span on its five-game winning streak has played the Chiefs and Bills. I mean, I know the Chiefs have problems right now. Chiefs twice. I mean, you know, I know the Chiefs have problems right now, but like that's that's still we're still talking about you're playing Patrick Mahomes. And I don't know. That's <laughs> I think they probably deserve some some credit. Though now I'm trying to think, what what do you have the number in front of you? Like what their turnover uh, turnover rates have they been super high? here? I'll they, let's they have this. they have been yeah. Let's I said let's see what's their EPA per play since week six when they don't a uh, non turnover plays has been middle of the pack. Okay, yeah, so turnovers are playing a big a big role for them, but now like, now they're not, like that still is notable to me, I guess I would say, um, because in weeks one through five, by that same measure, they were literally dead last. So, um, uh, okay. So I think that your turn point is fair in terms of like, okay, let's ease up here on this praise. But like at the same time, they've clearly made, uh, uh, clearly made a jump, uh, even if it's just even if it's to an average to maybe a little above average defense. That's still dramatic improvement. Yeah, it's probably being a little bit devil's advocate for, and be, uh, there because as a fan, I I I you know I I want this to to continue. Um, and, and for if the analytics guy is saying, well, turnovers aren't, aren't everything, and well, that's that's good news. Um, maybe to, just final um kind of que- question for you for you then. Like outside of what we've discussed and here we are sitting, you know, we're kind of what at this point coming up on kind of three quarters of the way or or kind of 65% of the way through the season. What are some of the things or something that's kind of intrigued you or or caught your eye set? It can be positive. It can be negative. But of the 2023 season, what what have you, what has jumped out to you? I think defense has, has certainly like struck back a bit this year, and that broadly lead wide is pretty interesting to me. Um, so that's that's a factor, and I don't know that I don't know that I have like all the answers as to why that is. I think one thing we've been looking at a lot recently has been, particularly with Baltimore and to, with with other teams too, with Minnesota, Kansas City. Um, the way teams have been using simulated pressure has been pretty interesting. Bringing more players to line of scrimmage, there are threats to be pass rushers and having them drop back, um, and in creating mismatches for themselves. It's been it's been to me kind of notable, I think. Um, so that's something. I think it's been like kind of a chalky year in in a in a way. Like the more I think about it, we've had some. You know, the Ravens have, imp- have, have ascended, but like the elite tier of teams, if we talk about, and, and Buffalo is disappointed, but they're still playing really well. The elite tier of teams, like going into the season, we would have guessed Kansas City, Philadelphia, San Francisco, um, maybe Dallas, we would have put there. We probably would, we would have said Buffalo, certainly. We would have said Cincinnati, but they, you know, that's so. One in you know injury to Joe Burrow aside, I think Cincinnati might have been there. Injury to Joe Burrow aside, like by and large, we're like pretty close. Uh, Baltimore certainly ascended. Uh, Dallas is is better than I think people thought. Buffalo has 
had not had the results, but they've been just as good. Uh, Detroit, uh, Detroit's probably right where right where we thought, like hovering right underneath those other teams. Um, so it's been like, yeah, I think a little chalky. Oh, Miami has ascended, obviously, from where um, where most people thought. I guess um, though they're coming back to earth, maybe towards where where we did expect. So I guess it is kind of kind of a chalky year. Wait, let me flip it on you. What do you think? What's your what's your twenty twenty three takeaway? Um, I I think the the piece that probably I mean the the defensive piece I think is um is is a piece that that obviously stand stands out, um and and I think the the arguments o- over that in the the past week with with Brady uh coming out and then, uh Bar- Barry Sanders uh twenty years retired still uh stealing souls i don't know if you saw barry's comeback uh to brady's comments about uh, oh barry said well maybe if he's watching his former team but if he's uh not if he's watching my former team (laughs) which i thought thought was just a magnificent uh comeback um but i I think um the that that's the 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 defense essentially being like the what, what would you say the Empire Strikes Back the the second in the, uh, yeah, the original yeah. the original trilogy like, I don't know it was, someone else has said that for sure um, same with the chalky thing like they're all just but uh, the, the you know yeah someone definitely credited somebody else for for defense strikes back but I agree that it's a good title. I, I think the um I, I think the the ownership piece is perhaps getting um mm. a, a little more um play. I know I know Kevin did a, a piece on, on that, but I think um you know people can see the the Tepper stuff. I think obviously with Dan Schneider having moved on, people can see the damage he did. Um, so maybe that will um begin. People will begin to understand that you can make changes at head coach, you can make changes in player personnel, but if you have the re- same recurring issues over not one decade, not two decades, but sometimes three decades, um, it might be more systematic than that. Seth, I want to thank you for for taking the time to chat to me. For people on this side of the Atlantic, who uh, you know, um, you're 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 easy to find given your ESPN profile. But who people who want to read more of your stuff, and they really should because your stuff is so in depth and really, really um, good. Where can, where is the best place for people to to do that? Easiest place on Twitter. I'm just at Seth Walder, and then you can find my work on ESPN.com, just in the NFL section. Um, that's uh, that's where it is. And you can uh, hear Seth uh, making great kind of uh, podcast appearances across different podcasts. I appreciate you taking the, the time to chat to me today. Enjoy the rest of the season, Seth. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do vote with your fingers and rate, review, or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like, Every positive review and every additional subscriber makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to hear from you and to interact with NFL fans on our social channels wherever you're listening in the world, so please do get in touch.